were the symptoms I was seeing a result of the excess amount of nitrogen on its own, or was the excess nitrogen causing the plant to be unable to take up the correct and needed amount of potassium? Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This Garden Talk Tuesday, we are talking about indicators of nutrient deficiencies and toxicity in your plants. The previous episode that I did on plant nutrients, episode 18, we talked about uh, micronutrients, macronutrients, some of the trace elements uh, that are needed in your plants and what they need them for. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the different nutrient deficiencies um, or toxicities, meaning too much of those nutrients, and how they're expressed in the plant. So it can help you to diagnose what might be wrong with your plant if you see things going a little awry. So let's dig into this week's episode. So different nutrient deficiencies or toxicities are expressed in the plant in different ways. The first thing to notice is whether or not the changes are in the new leaves or in the older leaves. This tells you whether or not that nutrient is mobile in the phloem of the plant, and I'll get back to that here in a second. But first, let's understand a little bit about nutrient toxicity or an overabundance of a nutrient in a plant. Excess levels of any nutrient in your soil may sometimes cause symptoms of toxicity in your plant, but sometimes that overabundance will actively prevent a plant from being able to take up enough of one or more of the other nutrients. And so this will lead to symptoms of nutrient deficiency of the latter nutrients rather than symptoms of having too much of the former. So if you put it in a different way, excess nutrients may cause deficiencies of other nutrients. So you may have symptoms of toxicity that occur on top of symptoms of a deficiency. So that's why it is so important to rule out other possible reasons for your plant's symptoms before you start adding additional nutrients because you may do more harm than good. So how do you sort all of that out? Um, in most instances, it's not cut and dry, which is why it's always good to have a soil test done before the season starts and to keep track in a garden journal um, of what amendments and fertilizers you have added so you have an idea of where to start. Also take into consideration other environmental factors like cold snaps or heat waves, too much water, not enough water. All of these environmental events can cause temporary symptoms that mimic many of the symptoms of nutrient deficiencies or toxicity. With that being said, there are general symptoms of both the deficiencies and toxicity that can guide you in what might be wrong with your plant. 
let's jump back really quick to what I said before about nutrients being mobile in the plant. If it is mobile and there is a deficiency, the plant will generally move the nutrient out of the older leaves into the newer leaves to protect that new growth. So the symptoms will be expressed in the older leaves first. Generally, those are the lowermost leaves on the plants. Conversely, if the nutrient is not mobile in the plant, the symptoms will show up first in the new leaves, those uppermost leaves. Knowing this will give you a starting point when diagnosing nutrient problems. So which nutrients are mobile in your garden plants? Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and magnesium are all mobile. Those are the main ones that we're going to deal with. So deficiencies in these nutrients are more likely to show up in the older leaves first. So let's start with nitrogen. Symptoms of nitrogen deficiency include stunted plant growth, an overall pale look to the older leaves with just sort of a generalized yellowing evenly throughout the leaf, or older leaves that stand unusually upright while they're displaying a sort of sickly greenish-yellowish color. Um, too much nitrogen, uh, a nitrogen toxicity, can manifest itself in burnt leaf tips. Um, if you need a reminder of that, go back to episode 16, Mistakes in the Garden, for my mistake with adding too much nitrogen. Nitrogen toxicity may also show itself in really deep green leaves, plants that seem to mature more slowly than normal. Maybe they're tall, but they've got really weak stems, or they seem like they're needing a lot more water than usual. Um, excess nitrogen can also cause a visible deficiency in potassium or iron, since high nitrogen can interfere with a plant's uptake of those nutrients. Phosphorus deficiency generally will manifest itself in purpling of the leaves. This can be immediately obvious, specifically on tomato plants. I did a video on our Instagram page that showed a really good example of this a couple weeks ago. If you have necrosis or death of parts of both of the old and the new leaves, specifically at the tips or the edges of the leaves, this can also indicate a phosphorus deficiency. Excess phosphorus can disrupt the uptake of iron, manganese, copper, and zinc in the plant, which could cause the plant to display symptoms of those deficiencies. Potassium deficiency can manifest itself as necrosis or dying off of the old leaves or yellowing of those older leaves, but only in the spaces in between the veins. We call that intervenal chlorosis. In more severe cases, it will begin to affect the new leaves too with sort of these curled and curled under or wilted leaves, both old and new, um, as well as small stunted leaves. Severe deficiencies of potassium will appear as severely wrinkled new leaves. Now, if you have excess potassium, that can interfere with the plant's uptake of magnesium and calcium. If you remember back to that plant nutrient um, episode, those three in particular work tightly together for fruit formation. So too much or too little of one will almost always cause problems with the other. 
with magnesium, too little magnesium can cause the older leaves on a plant to develop dead, blotchy patches, as well as that intervenal chlorosis we talked about, the yellowing in between the leaves. It can also cause both the old and the new leaves to begin to curl over. And once again, too much magnesium can interrupt the plant's uptake of calcium and potassium. So let's move on to some of the secondary and trace nutrients that are not mobile in the plant and what to look for there. I'm only going to cover the most common deficiencies and toxicities, which include sulfur, calcium, boron, and zinc. Sulfur is the first of the immobile nutrients that your plants may experience a deficiency in. Those indicators include uniform yellowing of the leaves, distinctly where the leaf surface is yellow and the veins are more of like a pale green. Um, you may also get small or stunted leaves if uh, you have a sulfur deficiency. It's pretty unusual for there to be a sulfur toxicity. Um, and usually that would be accompanied by too much of several other nutrients and those would be the ones to show the symptoms. So generally you're only going to see a deficiency when it comes to sulfur. Um, calcium deficiencies could be indicated by dying tips or edges of new leaves with like a scorched appearance, uh, dropping of the flower buds, irregular shaped leaves, and of course, uh, blossom end rot on your fruits. That's usually the most obvious case. We already talked about excessive amounts of calcium being complicit in visible deficiencies in potassium and magnesium. But excess calcium can also interrupt boron uptake. And like we talked about in the nutrients episode, it's not unusual for there to be plenty of calcium in the soil, but to have some environmental or nutritive reason for a plant's inability to take it up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's not much better than looking out first thing on a sunny morning, gazing at my garden beds over a hot cup of coffee. As U.S. Marines, my husband and I drank a lot of coffee. As farmers, well, let's just say we should probably drink more water. The coffee we drink these days still has a military tie. We have freshly roasted coffee shipped to us every few weeks from Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle is a veteran-owned business, just like ours, but they serve up premium coffee and ship it around the world. When you join their coffee club, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door on whatever schedule you choose. And with every purchase, they're giving back to military veterans and active duty, law enforcement, and first responders. Ready to check them out? Go to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee to save 20% when you join the Black Rifle Coffee Club. No commitments. Cancel anytime. That's justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee for 20% off your coffee club subscription. So the next micronutrient that your plants could see a deficiency in is boron. Uh, with a boron deficiency, you'll see 
dead blotches on the new leaves, dropping of the flower buds, and a red or purple discoloration to the new leaves. So think back to phosphorus. Old leaf purpling is a phosphorus deficiency. New leaf purpling is likely boron. Um, boron deficiency can also cause irregularly shaped leaves. It's it's also not as common to have an excess of boron, but when it does happen, the older leaves on the plant may look scorched, and the leaves will start to turn yellow and die from the, the tips and the edges. Then it'll slowly move in toward the veins, and then the leaves will just start to drop right off the plant. Uh, a zinc deficiency is a little unique in that its symptoms are quite literally all over the place. You'll see yellowing of both the old and the new leaves. You'll get small, stunted old leaves at the same time as getting wrinkled and irregularly shaped new leaves. If you have a zinc toxicity, it's, which is usually uncommon, the only real symptom will be the leaves turning a much darker green than is normal for the plant. So I know this is a lot of information to take in, and there are very nuanced differences between each of the symptoms when you're actually looking at the plant. It is not an easy thing to figure out, especially when you take into consideration all of the different factors that can go into what is going wrong with a plant. Your pH level, the moisture level, the soil temperatures, um, all of these different little deficiencies that could be caused by one thing or another. Um, and so I'm going to link to two really good flow charts in the show notes. One is for the mobile nutrients. And one is for the immobile nutrients. And it includes nutrients that I didn't talk about here, but it has some very specific questions that you can use to evaluate your plant to determine which nutrients you might be deficient in. And then I'm also going to link to a Missouri University page that has a great chart with symptoms of both deficiencies and toxicity based on the nutrient. Just remember. Keeping a garden journal is super important so that you know the history of that garden plot and that plant. I know I keep referencing back to my mistake with the broccoli this spring, but there's a good reason for that. The symptoms that my plants experienced were specific. Burnt leaf tips on the older leaves. That was the only symptom other than the fact that the plants looked really thirsty. Well, we had just had rain, but those plants were recently transplanted. And so they could have been experiencing some transplant shock that can cause them to need more water than usual. So that left me with just the leaf burn. But remember, the main symptom of a potassium deficiency is the tips or the edges of old leaves looking scorched. So were the symptoms I was seeing a result of the excess amount of nitrogen on its own? Or was the excess nitrogen causing the plant to be unable to take up the correct and needed amount of potassium? If I hadn't had my notes and known that I had applied the incorrect fertilizer or the fertilizer in the incorrect order when I was planting those broccoli plants, I may have made the mistake of adding a fertilizer that had a higher amount of potassium, thinking it was a potassium deficiency alone. 
The problem with that is that that fertilizer would likely have also had nitrogen in it, which would have made the problem even worse and really likely would have killed those plants. So notation, notation, notation in your garden journal. Always, always, always very important. So once you have an idea of what's wrong with your plant, how do you correct the deficiency or the toxicity without causing further damage? Keep in mind, nutrient imbalances may be invisible for quite some time. That plant may be suffering from a deficiency or an abundance for quite a while before the symptoms become visible. So you may not be able to fix the problem as quickly as you'd like. It took a while for that plant to get to that stage. It may take a while for you to get that plant out of that stage. So for deficiencies, start slowly. You don't want to dump a bunch of nutrients onto a plant and cause the balance to swing the opposite direction and shock the plant. Always check the soil pH to be sure it's at the right level for your plant first. The wrong pH can cause the plant to be unable to take up the nutrient it needs, even if it's super abundant in your soil. Also make sure the plant has adequate water. This can cause the same problem. So once you know those things are in check, then begin adding your nutrients. If the deficiency is one of the big three, nitrogen, potassium, or phosphorus, then adding a balanced fertilizer with a higher level of the particular nutrient that it's lacking is the way to go. If you've done a soil test and you know for sure which nutrient is missing, you can apply a fertilizer that contains only that nutrient. But always, always, always apply at the rate stated on the package. Just because the soil is depleted doesn't mean you need to dump twice as much into the ground or into the pot. That's how you get toxicities. <laughs> and it's also how fertilizers leach into groundwater. The plant can only take up so much at one time. So follow the amount and the schedule on the package to slowly and safely adjust your nutrients. Now, if we're talking about one of the secondary or trace nutrients, your best bet is to add a balanced fertilizer that has those nutrients added to it, or to work in more compost or other green organic matter and then add a layer of mulch. Most of these secondary and trace nutrients aren't needed in really large quantities by the plant, and organic matter usually has enough to take care of what the plant needs. Also make sure your other nutrients are in balance because like we talked about, a deficiency in one or a toxicity in one can cause problems with the others. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a really good site that goes in depth into various and specific ways to deal with each nutrient deficiency in the plants. When it comes to toxicity, the approach is pretty straightforward. First, be sure that all of the nutrients associated with that toxicity are in balance and your pH is correct. Second, stop using any fertilizers or amendments that contain that nutrient that you have in excess. And then thirdly, try to keep the plant and the surrounding soil very well watered for a few weeks without adding anything at all. 
This is especially effective in pots and raised beds, but it can work in in-ground plots too. The idea is that you are washing those nutrients further away from the root zone and making them less available to the plant. Now, if you feel like you need to take drastic measures because a soil test has shown that your level of nutrients are off the chart, you can also dig out some of the soil surrounding your plant and replace it with a garden soil or a potting soil that is more neutral and more balanced. It's extreme, but it does work in a pinch. Of course, it works best with plants in pots, but again, you can do this in the soil in an in-ground plot or in raised beds, and it is pretty effective. So that's it. Fairly short and sweet this week. Um, I appreciate you coming and listening. Please send your feedback, your suggestions, your gardening questions to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com, or you can go to the website and use the contact page there. You can go to the link that's in the bottom um, in the show notes to leave me a voice message. Also try to uh, remember to download these episodes and then rate and review the uh, podcast in all of the places to help more new gardeners find this podcast. And then go out and give us a follow on IG at uh, the Just Grow Something podcast Instagram page. Um, we're slowly almost caught up with all of the episodes out there and all the artwork that goes along with it. And then I'm posting some uh, fun and interesting um, IG videos every week um, and other posts that talk a little bit about things that we haven't actually covered on the podcast and emphasizing and adding more information about ones that we have. So thank you for listening, my garden friends. Keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again on Friday. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I hope these episodes are helping you understand more about how to grow your own food and maybe growing an awareness of food issues in general. Just remember, no matter where you live or what you have, you can absolutely grow something. Mm-hmm.